Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Okay, Alice and Marie and Sarah are with me and we're going to look at some of their tips for the small screen for your viewing in a much more relaxed situation with less lockdown and hopefully that's the way it's going to be. And I can tell you one thing, I know Marie is watching this, but I won't be watching it. It's Dr. Cassidy's case book. The local guard was just sort of poking about in the garden and came across a bonfire and as men do and they get drawn to fire and shiny things and all the rest of it, started to mooch around and saw a bone. And he right from the very beginning thought that this might be a thigh bone, a femur, and had the sense to get the local GP along to have a look in the fire and she had a look and said, you know, I think you're right. Once you've got the name of the body, it then becomes much easier for the investigators to then say, who knew that person? Who was involved in it? Was it just by chance that she ended up in the back garden of the ex-husband, you know? Um, or is there something sinister about this? Ooh, Dr. Mary Cassidy, state Why pathologist. Why wouldn't you watch this? Because I did no interest, whatever, oh. in listening to... And she did a fantastic job. I would give her total credit. But I personally am not interested in someone who says, I spent my life looking at the last minutes of other people's lives. I just That would be the reason to watch it. I know, for the, most people, because, yes. Yeah, um, she, yeah, look, she was in Limerick. Um, I, I'd say it was about 20, 20, 19, 18, 90 years ago. And I went to a talk um, in Limerick and there wasn't many there on the night. So we kind of had her to ourselves. And I was so impressed with her and got to chat to her. And she has an unbelievable personality. And it does come through in this piece. It's a three-part. It started uh, Monday night uh, and the next two Mondays will be on again on RTE1. And she's looking at back at some of the cases over her years here. And uh, you even get to see kind of a bit of her life as well. You know, the, the episode that went out on Monday night, we got to see her home in London and chatting to her husband a bit on it. So it's not just all about the cases and you're 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 stuck into that frame of mind. You're not. You, she's, she's looking back at them um, and her personality comes through and she does crack a few jokes and you'd wonder how that all mixes up in this programme. But it's done very well and I think it's really worth watching. the only images I've ever seen of her is in, in those um, suits. white suits walking in and mm. out of terrible crime scenes. Yeah, and you see, and that was one of the things she talked about. She's talked about the time I met her in Limerick, but also other times I've seen interviews where she's talked about that and she's always asked about that. How do you put down that, go home at the end of the day, do your, your thing and or do whatever you do with your kids and move on until you get the next phone call? Um, and I mean, she has honestly said... Um, that she has watched things like Coronation Street, Night After Night or Emmerdale or any of those type of programmes just to let her brain go off and, you know, focus on things that are very remote from what she does every day. She watches, she watches nonsense on telly and um, she's even said in the past that she does watch the likes of CSI and those investigations and she says she gets great kick out of looking at them, you know, um, talking about the bodies they found and examining them and she's thinking, yeah, you can't do that. That doesn't work at all. That doesn't happen and she knocks a great laugh out of it. So she's a, she has a great personality and it comes across. You, know, you have a great ability to go to places and have time with people where there's virtually nobody else around. Just haven't Gillian did it with the late gay burn at one stage as well. <laughs> Turn, turned up and there was kind of just... 
you two yes. and a few others and the yes. Mary Cassidy and yes yeah. I must write a book <laughs> you, must, you must write a book absolutely uh, I suppose some compensation for being bored working with me every day so there you go there's, there's, I didn't say anything Joe there's, there's, there's always an advantage to these things um, Alice would you watch this now or are you watching the Mary Cassidy documentary I, I didn't know it had started thanks Dan Marie I'm going to go back now and find it I would love it oh, would I'd you love would you gore. love that Oh my God. And you know what? I'd go home at night and just eat my dinner after it. I cook her less. That's the truth. I love that kind of stuff. The borier it is, the better. Right. I watched all that hospital A&E, 24 hours, 24-7. I love it. Uh, Sarah? I don't know, to be honest. I probably would watch it, but you have to be in a certain mood to watch it. You couldn't, if you had a bad day... And well, you clearly said, oh, not if you're Anne-Marie or Alice anyway. They're just <laughs> happy to sit in front of the telly and gorge on this thing. <laughs> yeah, good. no, I give it it's a go, fine. but it wouldn't be my top pick, no. No, but you know what, Sarah? Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 I actually think we have a point here. Yeah, we'll see you again soon, so maybe the listeners will have sure. a... Yeah, no point. I mean, if you look at the science of it, and what they can reveal just by doing what they do, and it helps so many families. I know that that I oh, take, no. I absolutely take that on board, a hundred percent. Of course, I do. But in but like seriously, a three-part documentary on all of that. I mean, but have you ever wondered what happens after the white coat? No, the, I haven't. <laughs> I have not. My whole point is, well, I go out of my way not have. to think of it. Myself oh, and Alice have. I just think on. to myself, I'm glad we have a professional like Mary Cassidy in there doing her important work, and that's it. No more thinking about it. So we're going to have to take you out and show you a bit of gore. What? <laughs> you'll be waiting, Alice. I think you'll be waiting. I think so too. I Please have get off with Winnie the Pooh and having a row with him. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen a horror movie ever. Oh my God. Neither have I, Joe. I've only seen one or two, and never oh, again. Wow. Never there you again. Go. See, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, this is interesting. There you go. You know, to I'm, each I'm, their own. That's no. all I. No, I've say. never seen one. I, I I tried to see the one. What was the one of? Um, the one where they had a handheld camera and it was very advanced in its day and it looked like it was oh, all being done by amateurs. In, in the, the woods. woods, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Blair Witch Project. That's the one. Yeah, that was the Blair rubbish. Witch Project. Stupid. That was well, rubbish. Well, I, I watched the first three minutes of that. The one uh, you and pick. I, went, I just thought to myself, someone's going to die here. Oh, you just picked, I was, the, picked the most. I was pretty sure. I was pretty sure someone was going to die. Pathetic and, example. And, and I thought to myself, well, well, it's the only one I ever watched. Yeah. That's my point. Uh, and that's the one you watched out of yeah, all of course. Of Mother yeah. of God, like, talk about a waste yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. That's a very uh, bad example. Yeah. Oh, God. And, and, and as for those Stephen King ones, do you know the one with Kathy Bates in it? Oh, jeepers. The clown. No, no, the one where the poor fella get, goes off the road and breaks his leg and he ends up being nursed <laughs> by oh, Kathy Bates. That doesn't sound like a Oh, it's not, Sarah, Sarah, don't go near it. I no, just, don't, don't go near it, Sarah, don't. don't. Please don't. <laughs> when right. she picks up that hammer and she knocks All right, right, enough, <laughs> enough, enough, a break. <laughs> Argus Yes, we can. Don't make unnecessary journeys. Vote in favour of the proposal. One million two hundred and one thousand.
Alice, that's completely your fault. I'm, I pressed the wrong button because you put me off so much with all the talk of gore instead of going to the break. That's a clip of Reeling in the Years. Sarah's watching it and we will ask her after the break. So I'm going to press the button now with Alice off mic. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. John has been in touch. Oh uh, eight six one two three ninety five ninety five. Not one bit impressed with me. Uh, John says, "You think Mary Cassidy is boring, Joe? A woman at the top of her field, <laughs> but little makes sticking up fingers for a picture is newsworthy." Well, first of all, I never said Mary Cassidy was boring. I definitely didn't say that. I no, said for me, not. for me, the subject, I just can't go there. So that's why that's I wouldn't right. watch it. That's right. um, but uh, little mix, stick on fingers. Well, look, you know, uh, this is a, a pretty broad format show, isn't it? Of course, we can go from little mix to Mary Cassidy um, to uh, Sarah talking about reeling in the years. We heard the clip by accident there, thanks to Alice before the <laughs> before the break. Uh, are you enjoying the series? It's it's the twenty tens, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you know what? We were talking about horror movies. I've never watched many, but watching 2010, 2011, 2012 felt like watching a horror movie because, you know, the whole world was kind of collapsing before our eyes Mm. before we knew it. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, it's very good. And then the start of the 2020s has been a doddle, hasn't it? I'm waiting for the 2021 and I, I think they should dedicate about an hour and a half or two hours to that. I mean, I don't think a half an hour will do it justice, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, it's very good, to be fair. Um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of um, you know, events that I kind of vaguely remember kind of as a teenager. And, it's you know, even uh, Barack Obama becoming president. And I was thinking, where was I when Barack Obama became president? And, you know, and then the Pope. And it was just at home most of the time, you know. But it was actually kind of nice to look at the episodes and watch the episodes yeah. and go, oh, I remember this happening, you know, and but uh, it's 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 good, like, but it's 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 scary to kind of think how much has happened over the years, and we kind of forget about half of it, really. But no, it's quite good. But the only thing I find I find interesting, and I think people were talking about this on Twitter before, is that it's one of the only shows without any um, voiceover. There's no kind of you know person mm. in the background, no presenter, mm. and yet it still works so well. And I think they have so many problems with the rights. Isn't that a pity? Because they can't do the compilations as easily. You know, I mean, it would be bestseller type stuff. Now, I know, you know with Netflix and all of that now, the whole concept of DVDs and that sort of stuff has probably gone out the window anyway. But that's the reason. It's because of the rights around music and the international footage that they can't do. But it's a super series. It's absolutely um, outstanding. All right, so you'd recommend it in the 2010s. What are they up to now? 2014, is it? 2014, 2015, yeah. So there's a few more weeks left, yeah. So I, I, I'd like to say it's going to get better, but... Well, it was a, the first half, it was a pretty grim decade anyway, having uh, yeah. been reminded of it all. So thing, things improved and then 2020 hit. <laughs> yeah, so that should be uh, interesting to say the least with yeah, that one. That's for sure. Okay, so um, in between watching Dr. Mary Cassidy's case book, uh, Alice is also watching Corrie. I, I want to get who did that to Seb just as much as you do. And when they find them, you still don't think it was Corey. Oh, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying it, it doesn't look bad. Okay, it does. I know what everyone thinks of him. You know, he, he's cocky and he's full of himself. But it's all just an act. No, he's, he's not really like that. He wouldn't do that to anyone. He doesn't have it in him. Just told me he's been arrested. Because I wouldn't give him an alibi. 
doesn't mean he's guilty. You know what? I wasn't sure at first. But the more I talk to you, the more I see you making excuses for him, the more I know he was involved. Oh, there you go. Right. That's not very cheery either on Corey at the moment, is it, Alice? No, no. And it's a very, for me personally, it was a completely unexpected storyline. I watched it unfold on the telly and shock horror. I was glad I didn't know it was coming because it had complete effect that they that they tried to put across, which is the complete and utter bullying of people who are different. Nina is a goth, G-O-T-H. You know that? that yes. That, you know, she dresses that way. Fabulous girl, lovely speaker. She's Ash's best friend. That's who you're listening to there. She's going. She was going out with a guy called Seb, and he was beginning to turn a little goth as well. So Asha's boyfriend, Terry, he um, has he's just a bully, and he decided he was going to give these two a hard time while they were walking home, and they came upon them. And when they did, they followed them. They beat them up. The end result was that Nina's boyfriend died from the beating. And there's all these teenagers led by a thug, um, you know, and he's trying to hide hide um, that he was anyway involved in it. And there's a few more involved in the storyline. And it's brilliant because it's showing, you know, what can happen so easily and look at how far it can go. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's certainly, absolutely excellent. So, if yeah. you want to watch a good storyline, watch that. Well, bullying, unfortunately, is a subject that comes up all too often on this show. So, thank you very much for telling us about that. That's the latest storyline in Corion Virgin Media One, uh, Dr. Cassidy's case book on RTE. Also, you can pick up the first episode on the player and Sarah on Reeling in the Years on RTE. Appreciate all of that. Thank you to the three of you. Now, uh, we want to chat for a moment to Pat Doyle, who is the chief executive of the Peter McVeary Trust. 259 people in Limerick benefited from the trust work last year. Uh, Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Now, I don't know whether you're pleased or annoyed that housing is suddenly right back at the top of the political agenda with everything being eclipsed by COVID up to the last few weeks. Well, I suppose I, I, I try not to get annoyed because if I did, I'd be annoyed all the time and I'd probably get divorced. Uh, so I try to look at, uh, try to keep optimistic and I suppose um, I'm not happy that it's back in the media for the way it's back in the media. But um, I have been worried for some time that as we come out of COVID and that the full cost of COVID uh, would, become, would be laid bare, that housing and homelessness would fall off the agenda. So in that context, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's... Um, you know, uh, some discussion and debate going on now in government and that government realise and continue to realise that it's a high priority for the public. Nobody wants to see um, people on the streets. Nobody wants to see families homeless. And people want to see young people being able to afford to buy their own property and be able to get into the property market. So uh, in that context, I'm glad it's on the agenda. I think there is... I mean, fierce pressure um, in Limerick at the moment. You have all sorts of things going on. People moving back for um, COVID-related reasons and buying yeah. houses, maybe having sold houses at a high yeah. price in Dublin, pushing up house yeah. prices. You have the supply side uh, problems. You have the rental sector um, that's gone a bit bananas again in Limerick. And there you guys are in the middle of it, doing the work that you're doing locally. Yeah, and we're, I have to say, we're, we're, we're very pleased and privileged to be able to do the work we're doing locally. 259 people we worked with last year, um, uh, we currently have within our own housing stock at the moment now, uh, 52 singles, five couples and 33 families. 
Um, and we have a, a housing programme this year that will deliver additional 50 units. So we should be able this year to give a key to the door to an additional uh, 50 households. That could be up to 100 people uh, or more, um, depending on the size of the family. So um, it's, it's only a small amount in Limerick in comparison to what the need is. But, um, you know, we only came into Limerick um, in 2016, uh, we opened our office there in O'Connell Street. Mm, as you head out, of the, yeah, if you head out of the, the city there, um, uh, and if we're bringing in 50 units a year, it'll, it'll be some contribution to um, to the uh, housing challenges in Limerick. You know? Right, and the whole debate around who should build houses, particularly social housing, yeah. and the state appears reluctant to do it directly. So, what's the best alternative? Well, I, I don't think anyone grouping um, will have the capacity to respond to the challenge on their own. So I think that there's um, there's room for multiple players and I'm, I'm also the President of the Irish Council for Social Housing which looks after approved housing bodies and we've exceeded our target as approved housing bodies every year in the life of Rebuilding Ireland um, and so I think there's room for housing bodies I think there's room for local authorities, I think there's room for uh, developers too, uh, you know, in particular markets. So if you just take ourselves for example, we've built up uh, a significant experience in the Peter McRae Trust in working in disused buildings, uh, bringing back disused stock. So, for example, we're going to be opening 12 units in the old OPW site in Limerick City on Mallow Street. Now, uh, you know that was that was that was an OPW site. That was state land, state property. That's been signed over to us now in partnership with the local authority. We're building twelve one beds there, and um, that's not interfering with first-time buyers. It's not interfering with the markets, but it is bringing back disused properties. So we have, especially in that, we're going to continue to do that across the city of Limerick if we're less. And we're not doing it on our own. We are doing it in partnership with uh, the local authority, and it's been funded by government. So it's just a different way of government building houses. In my time, I grew up in a council house. You know, the local authority built it, the government paid for it. Now, 12 households will uh, will get a, a property in Mallow Street. Um, the government are still paying for it. The local authority are still involved, but the trust is leading on us. I don't think we're the only solution, but I do think multiple players. We need uh, local government building. We need to build. We need private build. We need, we need multiple to build if we're to uh, get beyond this and get back to a time where people had a reasonable expectation that they'll get their own home. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I can hear the passion you have uh, for it and it's great to have somebody at the top of an organisation with that. The Chief Executive, uh, Pat Doyle there of the Peter McVeary Trust, telling us about the work that they have been doing recently in Limerick, not to mention in other parts of the country. News next. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.